0: Reasonable Boy 0017, is Labour's Green New Deal still alive? In 2017, we had a, uh, you know, we had lots and lots of young people coming into supporting Germany and, his, and, the, and the party with their great manifesto. And we did do, although we lost in 2019, there's still an awful lot of people who wanted that manifesto. Especially the Green Manifesto that we had. You know, the Green New Deal. If anything comes out of this COVID crisis at the moment, is that things can't go on as they were before. And I still think a lot of people in the Shadow Cabinet feel that that is the case. Oh, this is a minor blip, and we, we can move on, we can do exactly what we did in 2010 and 2015. Which didn't get us elected, and we lost Scotland. You know, those things. You know, um, and as a country, we, we, uh, if you look at the manufacturing base that we have at the moment, the Green New Deal would give us a great opportunity to to revitalize our industry by becoming a green industry leader. You know, there's a there's a company in Cambridge I've, I've just designed a new solar panel it's not as reflective as the, as, the, as the old staff panels the more efficient and that's the sort of thing we need to be doing we need to, we need to be supporting companies to to make products in this country that are world class, world leading products and for the Green New Deal that was the promise that we, that we had under the Green New Deal. I don't think that anybody in their right mind who's got any sort of intelligence can dismiss the way in which the environment is the number one priority here, because it it actually affects us all. So temperature rising, water supply how do we generate the electricity and the energy that we need for business and for normal consumer consumption how do we make it so that our products and services are delivered in a an eco-friendly manner you know, using using electric vehicles using the using the canals and canal boats you know uh, less reliance on going across the channel all, all the time because people talk about trade with the Europe and that's important but you know there's a cost to that as well environmentally you've got hundreds of thousands of trucks going across in fact millions probably doing multiple journeys across the channel either by, by you know by the channel tunnel or by ferry and yes there are products and services that we don't do that we don't have and certain things in produce and stuff fine but you can't tell me how efficient it is for coming to make something in this country and then send it over to say France to get some more work done on that product and then the French factory sends it on to say Germany, and they finish a certain part of it, and then it goes back from Germany, through France, across a tunnel, and back to this country. It's utter madness. That is that, and this is the, this is a, this is what they talk about when when people talk about the EU and stuff, and and how it's important. It's only important because that's an account that's an accountancy scam, basically. All that could be done in one country. And I just can't understand for life of me why you would do that. You know, it, and it, and, it, and this is a big thing within the car industry. Things get made in this country, but then they go somewhere else and to get fettled over there and then they come back again. Well, I'm sorry, but under the Green New Deal, you're going to have to stop that. You're gonna to have to produce the item that you that you need in the country that the car is manufactured. Or the products manufactured, we're talking about cars, but any, any product because that is contributing to global warming. Yes, you're gonna to have to distribute it somehow and yes, you'll you'll still need the lawyers to take it over uh, to to Europe to be distributed. But instead of making that product making say three or four journeys or five journeys or how many many journeys it is you might only have to make two from the factory and back and that that is part and parcel of your approach to global warming as well but some people don't look at it in that in that vein they still think oh we can do global we can be against global warming but we can't do anything about we mustn't upset this part of the se- this sector of industry or we mustn't upset these countries or whatever or you know we mustn't we, we mustn't upset the european union at the end of the day there's going to be some harsh choices that need to be made in this country with regards to the environment and some people in the environmental community may not like it and some people who are Against the environmental change, aren't going to like it either. Because at some point, there's going to have to be a compromise. Going back to the shadow cabinet here for a moment, I don't believe for one moment that the people in our shadow cabinet are up to the task. I don't think the, the, for all their education, and they've been to university and what have you and everything, their mentality does not allow them to think about things in a different way they're in this box and they will not get out of this box and that's why the shadow cabinet will not be the answer to Labour's problems and that's why come two thousand twenty twenty-four, 2024 if Keir's still leader of the party then we're going to lose so that's all from this reasonable boy podcast see you later bye